Thank you, Gloria. It is well with our souls, isn't it? Amen. What a beautiful, what a beautiful hymn. Well, let's open our Bibles this morning to the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 3. Verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, I'm a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law, I found myself blameless. Verse 7, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we just give ourselves to you this morning to speak to our hearts. May every word that's going to be heard will be a word from your voice to the ears and hearts of people. Help us to open our hearts. And if you want to use a vessel like me, Lord, may you use it for your own glory. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Your life, it's a matter of gain or loss. Isn't that what Paul said? But what things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Jesus Christ had something to say about the profit and loss. He showed that in the mad rush 
for gain, for power and prestige. Something else is of the utmost importance to realize that salvation needed by every person and to grow in knowing Christ as Savior. He expressed it with his own words that we all can understand. What shall it profit a man, the Lord said, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall it profit? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? These are words said in Mark by the, by the Lord Jesus Christ. We confound them in Mark, find them in Mark 8, 36 and 37. Isaac Singer once wrote, Life is God's novel. Let him write it. Disraeli once said, Life is too short to be little. We need to realize that the precious gift of God, the gift of life, is freely given by the Almighty God who said, I have come to give them life and life more abundantly. To waste it by building castles in the air. To waste it by denying Christ in your life. Results of which will be the loss of a person's life, whatever they think. I want to talk about two points to bring to your attention today. One, life is too short to be wasted. You hear me? Life is short no matter how long we live. And the older we grow, Sylvia and I, we talk about this. What happened to our life? How did we get to this point? Young people, you might not realize that. But the older you grow you realize that years are running by. The Bible says in James 4.14, what is your life? I want you to think about that today. Think about your life. Think about what you're doing with your life. It says in the Bible, it's just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Realizing that life is short should challenge our hearts to use the little time we have more wisely and for eternal good. Let's time let's take time to number our days by asking ourselves what do I want to see happen in my life before I die. What steps could I take toward that purpose today? Don't say I'm young. I'll think about that when I grow older. There is no guarantee, neither for you nor for me, when we are gone to leave this world. Young or old. 
We read about many things. We hear about many people. They, they die young. What step could I take toward that purpose today? And it does not matter how long we live. We need to settle this fact in our minds that we will live forever. Do you think of that? Don't think when you die, it's the end of the road. No. You'll open your eyes if you're saved in the bosom bosom of God, in paradise. And if you're not saved, you did not settle the sin question while you're still alive. You'll open your eyes in a place called hell. For you will spend it forever and ever alive in the lake of fire. And when I say you will live forever, the question comes, when and with whom? Well, I'll leave it that. I'll, I'll talk about that more. When? Do you know when we're going to die? To die? We don't. And with whom? Depends on you. Either with Christ or away from him forever and ever. As people created in the image of God, we are distinguished from all other creatures, and we possess good qualities such as reasoning, creativity, morality, understanding, and we have also the right to make choices. And it is ironic, don't you agree, that people spend so much time securing their lives on earth, planning, Gathering, building, and expanding, and spend little or no time or thought what happens afterwards. There is nothing wrong with planning, with building, with gathering, provided that you have taken care of your life afterwards. I hope you understand that. I'm not criticizing being a person who plans, who builds. This is good. We're born. We're born to work and plan and build and gather everything legally. But first and foremost, we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things it's not given, shall be added on top of each other for you. First, let's give the glory to God and first settle the sin question and take Jesus Christ as our saviors. When this is taken care of, then you can take care of the rest. People today are driven by either greed or selfishness. 
They think we are going to live forever. And suddenly, they go away. Sooner or later, everyone runs, what? Out of time. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? But no one runs out of eternity. Regardless where you're going to spend it, you will never be able to run out of eternity. Your time might be up today, this afternoon. I don't know. So is my time. But one thing I can tell you, if the Lord calls me today, okay, I will open my eyes there in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope each and every one in the audience today will be able to say that. If the Lord takes me, how old are you? 18, 20, 25, 30, 40, 70, 80, or 90. If the Lord, amen. Amen, David. David lifted up his hand. If the Lord calls, I'll be playing piano in the presence of the Lord. Doesn't it make more sense to spend your time preparing for that, for that which will not end? Isn't it? Rather than squandering your time, trying to hold on to that which will not last. Knowing that our life span, our lifespan, the length, more, it's maximum 80 years now. They say, hey, life is better now. People used to die uh, maybe three, four hundred years ago at the age of 60 or 65. Now they live to be 80 and 90 and sometimes more. What is driving your life? This is the time to ask yourself, what is driving you? Where is your heart? Remember, I came up a little poem here. I want to read it to you. Remember your life. It says, the clock of life is wound but once. And no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Young or old. To lose one's health is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. What are you doing with your life? It's a serious question. Oh, I am young. I have all the world to enjoy before I die. You be careful. You cannot control the length of your life. How old is going to be? Or how long are you going to live? This is in the hands of God. And you better be ready to meet your Creator.
in his book, Chasing the Wind, Bill MacDonald wrote, Life is an exercise in futility. It is meaningless. Everything that the world has to offer, put together, cannot satisfy the heart of man. It was Pascal who said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the human heart. And Augustine observed, thou hast made us, O Lord, for thyself, and our heart shall find no rest till it rests in thee. The only answer I can find in the Bible is this. For me, Paul said, to live is Christ. He said, to secure all this, to escape what life has for me, for me to live is Christ. And then he can say, ah, to die is gain. This is why he can say, I counted everything but loss to gain Christ. David realized that. And after accomplishing worldly conquest, he said it doesn't make any difference in eternity. The only hope for this short life that we live is the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said in Psalm 39.4. Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here but for a moment more. And he adds in verse 7, My hope is in in thee. Life is short. I ask you, don't waste it away from God. Young people, regardless of what you think, regardless of what you are, where you are and what your plans are, first of all, remember, life is too short and you need to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my call for you today. Whatever gain you have in this world, whatever plans you have, put them at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, take my life first. I give it to you, and then you can make the plans you want to make. You can continue college or graduate and have any, uh, any, anything you desire to have. First, if you have Jesus Christ, he will direct your life and secure your eternity for you. What? That's it. Life is too short, I said, to be wasted. Don't waste your life, please. Don't waste the years without Christ. My second point, how are you living it? How are you living this life? You know what? I believe with all my heart, it all depends on the condition of your heart. This is the center on the condition of your heart. In uh, Proverbs 4.23, 
The Bible says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from which flows the springs of life. And we can also read in the same book, Proverbs 23, 26, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. How are you living your life? The kind of heart you developed during the years of your life will determine your eternal destiny. Where's your heart today? Ask yourself this question. Where is my life today? How am I living? Vernon McGee, you might laugh at what he, he uses long time ago. Who knows about J. Vernon McGee? Amen. Amen. He wrote a commentary of the Bible. And he's still, he's still on uh, many channels giving the Bible study every day. He wrote on this subject, Is your thinking slipshod thinking? Are you living a beauty parlor religion? He uses these things, you know. Perhaps you are settling for bubble bath salvation instead of being plunged beneath the crimson flow that washes you white as snow. I love this man. Do you have a mouthwash conversion instead of living? Living as a new creation in Christ Jesus. How are you living your life? Do you wear a toothpaste smile on your face instead of the joy of the Lord in your heart? How's your conversation? Is your testimony a talcum powder testimony rather than one saturated with the fragrance of Christ? Did you have lipstick redemption instead of the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Are you living the glamour of Hollywood instead of the glory of the holiness of God? Fall before him. He says, fall before him. And rise above the sham of a life you are living. Live as a child of God. Your heart is the key. How is the condition of your heart? My son, give me your heart. The Bible says. You cannot. Enjoy life unless you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And where is your heart today? And you heard what the man of God said. Have you been washed with the blood of Christ? Have you experienced the true salvation? Have you confessed only in your lips, but your heart is far away from God? It's time to count all these things that you think you are enjoying 
but lost to gain Christ. This is why David was crying unto God in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is a man who had conquests. He was king. Everybody was in subjection to him. But what he wanted first and foremost, create in me a clean heart. Where is your heart? It dictates where your life is and your future also. How are you spending your days? Are you striving to find happiness and satisfaction in this life? Don't look around. True happiness is only found in knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior, period. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Someone said, Happiness is not found in the pursuit of happiness. Life is not found in the pursuit of life. Both are found in the pursuit of God and his righteousness. This is my word to you today. It is this little heart of ours that determines the future. It's a big factor. Where we are going to live forever. It determines where you're going to live. It is first an unregenerate heart. We simply need to come to the one who changes hearts and mends broken lives to change us. So our lives will be meaningful and will touch others on this journey that we travel together. Is this life you are living touching others? Do you leave a positive impact of others? Are you a blessing? Did, do people get infected by your Christianity? For me to live, he said, is Christ. There's a story told about Gordon Maxwell, missionary to India. This man's life has affected so many people. He was asked by a Hindu scholar to teach him the language. The Hindu replied, no, my friend. I will not teach you my language. You would make me a Christian. Did you hear that? Gordon Maxwell replied, You misunderstand me. I am simply asking you to teach me your language. Again, the Hindu responded, No, my friend, I will not teach you. No man can live with you and not become a Christian.
what are you doing with your life? And Paul said, I know, I tell you what I did with my life. I left, I left everything. I left all my knowledge. I left all my education. I, I left my Jewish ancestry because it didn't get me anywhere. I count it all. And you know what he said? All as rubbish to gain Christ. To gain Christ. Are you willing to do that? This is the time to look at your life. Say, what, what gain do I have in this world? And if I die, where would I go? When I was preparing for this message, I was looking at a song that affected my life very much. And I hum it every now and then. It's an old song. And I looked at it. I went into the internet and I picked the song. I looked in our hymn books. The two hymn books that we have, we, I couldn't find it. Uh, other hymn books might, might have it. I don't know. I couldn't find another one. Because it's one of the oldest and best songs in the world. I want to read it. Uh, here's, here's David. And I called David. I said, David, do you have, do you know this song? The moment I asked him about song, he started humming it. <laughs> he started humming it. I said, can you, can you play it for us tomorrow? He said, I will. Let me read, let me read it to you, and then we should sing it. And if you know it, just revive yourself with it. If I gained the world, but lost the Savior. It affected me when I went to bed last night. I went to bed maybe at 11.30. I couldn't sleep, humming the song till about 12.30. Around one o'clock, finally, I slept. I said, Lord, I need to sleep. I am preaching tomorrow. <laughs> but you know, if I gained the world, but lost the Savior, were my life were worth, were my life worth living for a day? Could my yearning heart find rest and comfort in the things that soon must pass away? If I gained the world but lost the Savior, would my gain be worth the lifelong strife? Are all earthy pleasures worth comparing for a moment with a Christ-filled life? Had I health and love in fullest measure, and a name revered both far and near, yet no hope beyond, no harbor waiting, where my storm-tossed vessel I could steer, if I gained the world but lost the Savior, who endured the cross and died for me, could then all the world afford a refuge, whither in my anguish I might flee. Oh, what emptiness without the Savior. Mid the sins and sorrows 
here below and in an eternity how dark without him only night and tears and endless woe what though i might live without the savior when i come to die how would it be or oh, to face the valley's gloom without him and without him all eternity last verse look at beautiful all oh, the joy of having all in jesus i hope everyone will be able to say all oh, the joy i have in jesus what a balm the broken heart to heal never a sin so great but he'll forgive it nor a sorrow that he does not feel if i have but jesus only jesus nothing else in all the world beside oh then everything is mine in jesus for my needs and more he will provide lord if we gain the world but lost the savior what a loss that would be we pray that there would be no one here today that has no savior because the time is growing short lord you're coming very soon and the time is now to receive you we pray that if there's anyone lost here today that is looking for the savior and hasn't found him yet we pray that today they will find you to be everything they need and lord we thank you for the salvation that we have through jesus christ our lord It's not because of what we have done or what we've accomplished or achieved in this world. Lord, none of us deserve it, the free gift of eternal life, but we're thankful for the salvation that we have through him. Please dismiss us, Lord, with your blessing. Take us home safely today and help us to ponder this question, if I gained the world but lost the Savior. And Lord, we commit this to you and thank you for our dear brother Adel's message. And pray that we will rejoice in you until we meet tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for this video series. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.